0: You're listening to the Just Go Bike podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wyatt, from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition,
1: and I'm TJ Jeskowitz from Ragbright.
0: This is the podcast where we talk about bicycles just for the fun of it. There's going to be tales from all across the nation. We're going to be joined by guests each week to talk about the social side of cycling. So. Come for the bike, stay for the fun, and leave with the smile. TJ, how's it going out there?
1: Oh, uh, it's going great. We're, we're technically in springtime. If you haven't noticed, even though we no got eight kidding. inches of snow the other day, it's technically the calendar set is springtime.
0: That was you. We're on the other side of the state, and it's all beaches and palm trees here.
1: <laughs> well, I wouldn't call it beaches and palm trees, but but I, I saw the sun a little bit today. So um, you know, where where's that groundhog? I want to go beat the crap out of that groundhog because <laughs> you know the the groundhog said it was going to be you know a little bit better, and um, you know when when there's snow on the ground and it's it's almost into April, there's problems in my book.
0: Speaking of being in into, into April um, April is uh, the 30 days of bicycling challenge. have you heard of this before? A little bit what's it all about? so so basically it's as simple as you can get and I, I heard a, a podcast on the shift podcast the other day and the organizer was talking about it and it is so simple he was he was like I, I heard this thing about 30 days of yoga where you just commit to doing some sort of yoga every day. And he says, I didn't really want to do yoga. I wanted to ride my bike. Mm-hmm. So he came up with this idea to do the 30 days of of bicycling every April. And I was like, just like everybody else, it's like, well, that's so simple. That That's pretty cool. But, you know, it takes 30 days to get a habit going. And mm-hmm. that's what this – uh this tries to do so. I'm gonna take the challenge, T. I don't know. You in? Uh, yeah, um, bike it, every. It's day. gotta be
1: outdoor bike, or can it? Can nope. occasionally? Because like you know, you travel sometimes. It might be tough to if I'm on the road to to get a full full ride in. But um, if if any form of bike counts, then I'm in.
0: They said uh, any form of bike counts. Uh, of course, they want you to bike outside because sure. that's the whole idea. Um, but even if you have to bike around your house and back in, that counts and, and that gets the habit, you're on the seat and and ready to go. So I think this is doable. I've wanted to do this for years and I just never really commit to it. But I, I, now that we've said this publicly on the podcast, there's a lot of listeners going to hold us to it, (laughs) isn't there?
1: Okay. Well, you know, the funny thing is the other day I got in a, a 40 mile ride and Jeez. got got my road bike out i was like pumped you know it's like it's you know it's 40 degrees out it's not too bad you know there was a little bit of sun i figured i'm gonna blow off work call in well and go for a bike ride and um the next day eight inches of snow it's like so <laughs> it, it's tough to get that consistent habit going when you just don't know what the weather's going to be like but you know, I probably wouldn't do a 40-mile road bike trip if it got eight right. inches of snow. But you can get out your, you know, fatty or something like that after, after you know, a, a good, yeah. you know, good half a foot of snow is on the ground. Oh, okay. I'm up for the challenge. Mark me down, Mark.
0: Okay. I got my first bike commute into work this year. Uh, I'm sad to say that, but uh, there's been quite a, road, a bit of road construction. So that trail between my house and work is gone. Mm. In fact, it's under about 18 feet of dirt right now. Yay. Um, yeah, which is fine. Uh, you know, uh, Kelly Hayworth and the great things that they do here in in the Iowa River Landing in the city of Coralville, um, that trail's going to come back and it's going to be awesome. Hmm. Um, But they're tearing up First Avenue again. This is a project you've seen several times. Sure. um, To do the final phase of of the construction. So I'm biking to work. And I know I can't take the trail, so I need to go up First Avenue, which is treacherous, especially that time of day. So I get over there, and the city has started the construction project um, on Monday. And they have closed the northbound lane to First Avenue and uh, haven't really started any construction. So I would like to publicly thank the city for creating my own bike lane. <laughs> Very to nice. Get to work yeah yeah i thought wow that's just for me there you um, go um yeah so it was perfect i don't think it's going to remain that way very long in fact i think they're starting to, to tear into it today so i'm gonna i'm gonna have to work a little harder to bike to work
1: okay well well good well 30 days on the bike you could probably use that bike lane occasionally so um yeah. and you know before you know it then let's see oh that'll get us a few miles on our bikes uh, throughout april you know, rain, shine, sleet, snow—it doesn't—it doesn't matter. We're gonna get out and ride. So I like That's that. That's right. I'm I'm up for that challenge. Very cool. Okay. Well, okay. Um, uh, it's kind of interesting. I've been watching the trials and tribulations of of my friend Rob Johnson from from Florida. He's a butt ice guy, and he's riding his bicycle across the country. And most people kind of hit that midlife crisis and say, "Hey, I'm turning fifty or whatever. I'm gonna ride my bike across the across the country." But my buddy Rob is doing it for the second time in his life and he's doing the southern tier right now. And um so I just I just wanted to give a shout out to my buddy Rob um and, and you know, Bud Ice, and he'll he'll be with us. He's he's come up from Florida every year for oh, I don't know, a good 10, 10, 15 years or so. But just reading his trials and tribulations, he's basically had a flat every day of his tour so far for about for about oh. ten to ten to twelve straight days and And some of them are literally two miles into the ride and he gets a flat tire. So um, yeah. so it could happen to anyone, you know, I, I just kinda chuckle as you get out and, and ride. You know, just um, you know, there's lots of junk on the road. There's lots of you know, rocks on the trail. There's all kinds of debris all over. Um, after a rainstorm you get all that junk that gets washed up on the road. So so if you are getting out on the road and riding, you know, be careful out there. You know, it's tough to be be seen. People are aren't so used to seeing bikes on the road and all that so you know be careful out there you know take a look at your bike don't just yank it down if you haven't been out riding on a consistent basis yep. and take a look at that thing make sure you're you know hey are the handlebars you know is it is that tightened down um, you know all those kinds of things are is my seat post actually in there? Is it not going to fall off you just never know. So, um, you know, just be safe and, you know, just do those rudimentary checks on your on your bike and, you know, make sure that they can see you out there. And if you're riding before sunup or after sundown, make sure you're you're uh you know, got those nice lights going as well. So
0: <laughs> Well and and that was my first uh first ride to work. I got home and it was just starting to get dark, so I was like, you know, just in case I'm gonna throw I'm gonna flip my light on. Yeah, I haven't charged that thing in a while. So that was uh, <laughs> exactly. first fail. Yeah, it's on the charger now. No problem. No, it just takes you a little while to get that habit. So
1: Well, you never know when you plan that, oh, I'm going to go for a 25 mile ride. It's it's five o'clock. Yeah. I'll be back at, oh, you know, 630. And then you get a flat tire. Or you know you run into someone. Oh, you have that second beer that you were only planning to have one at the <laughs> at the bar, and all of a sudden it's dark by the time you get back. So hey, just do us all a favor. You know, put that bike light in there. It's not too hard to do. Charge it up, and you'll feel much better about it. So
0: yeah, sounds good.
1: Well, cool. Well, we've got we've got a neat show. I talked to Steve Matthews and and, and Kurt over at. At Shamy Butter, you know those guys. You've been you've been That's around right. them for a long time, and just right. you know, w- wonderful product. If you're not using, I mean, this is not just because they're a sponsor of right I, I will I will pitch their product, but I can honestly say I use their product every time I ride. And if if you're not lubing up with Shamy Butter before your ride, especially on a multi-day ride, you will feel so much more comfortable if you do. And I don't I don't know if you've used their stuff before, Mark, but I it's it is the elixir that puts a smile on your face
0: as as much as i hate to admit it i have a tender backside and and chamois butter is a requirement especially if i'm doing multi-day oh yeah you know if you're gonna ride uh, if you're gonna ride long distances a couple days in a row it's it's necessary
1: well good well let's hear what those guys have to say they're the experts in this field and uh learned a little bit about chamois butter i didn't know so give a listen on the Go Bike Podcast. This is TJ with the Just Go Bike podcast, and today I've got a couple of friends with me. Today, We've got Steve and Kurt. From Shammy Butter, Steve Matthews and Kurt Shellman, who have uh, been working with with Shammy Butter and Paceline products for a long time. I've gotten to know these two individuals for many years at, at different bike events, but uh, they go back a long time as far as uh, working in the bike industry. But let, let's start with you, Steve. Uh, give me a little background on how you started. Uh, what, what's your, your bike experience? When did you start kind of getting into this thing?
2: Well, I'm. Unlike most kids, I started riding a bike when I was really young and, and uh as I got older, got into college I used biking for transportation and then but I had no idea that anybody even ride you know, raced a bike. And uh but uh after I got out of college I ran into some guys that were racing bikes and I started racing bikes in about nineteen eighty five and and traveled, you know Texas, Oklahoma, Missouri, Iowa, Nebraska, Oklahoma. Um Arkansas to to race, and during that time, uh, I uh, developed the chamois butter product because I had trouble, especially when it was hot in the summer, and my professional background is as a physical therapist, and and with working with other riders, I felt like there was a need for a product to prevent chafing.
1: Well, that sounds uh, get a good little start into the sport. Uh, how about you, Kurt? What's your background? How'd you get involved? Where we are today?
3: Well, TJ, I started. I, I actually came from a running background, and you know, through ran through college and made all American a few times with that. And then I transferred over into cycling, just mostly due to injuries, and probably that was about the early nineties. Uh, and then, uh, so I've been active with that. I had a background. I was working in, in corporate wellness and fitness. Was a Contractor, the Boeing company, and they uh, they made some changes in Wichita about 15, 14, 15 years ago. So that's kind of kind of when I fell into uh, working here with Steve at uh, at Products or Shammy Butter. So I've been doing this for about fourteen years, but been bike riding for you know, close to thirty already. It seems like so that's kind of how mm-hmm. how I came into it.
1: Well, very cool. It well, so, sounds like you guys got a little smarts to you. I mean, obviously, Kurt, if you gave up running and turned to, to cycling, you got a little bit of brains with you there, so... uh you know, my, I'm trying to get my wife into completely giving up running and just just biking. But um, now they're both great activities. I, I surely jest, and uh, it, it's good to hear a little bit of, of the background. I knew a little bit about you know where where it came from, and but it sounds like Steve, you were you were pretty much all over the country uh, doing all these bike rides. And as you started to develop this cream, did you start to share? With other cyclists that you were competing with, or did you just kind of keep it to yourself?
2: No, I I actually made it for myself, and then shared it with a few other riders, and then it got spread around. Uh, no pun intended, to uh, huh. some other uh, states. And to begin with, I was just make it and make it in five gallon buckets in my garage, and and uh, kept refining the formulation. And, um, a couple of the guys that raced against had bike shops down in Oklahoma and Texas. And, and, uh, then I had a bike shop in Wichita, Kansas that, uh, I raced for who encouraged me to, um, start selling the product. And at first I was really reluctant to do that. I just, uh, couldn't see making a business out of making, um, butt cream. Um, and, uh, Mm. But uh, the owner at Bicycle Exchange in Wichita, uh, Mike Skanga, kept pushing me to do that. And so we formed a company in 1993 um, uh, to actually produce the product on a larger scale. And uh, so it's been 25 years since we started that. And uh, I I did it as a part-time thing while I continued my physical therapy work through about... 2000, and then I kind of took a leap of faith in 2000 and went full-time, built a building uh, shortly after that, and, uh, you know, did a number of different things to try and promote the product. Um, First time I ever went to RAGBRAI was in 1998. Um, Kind of went there uh, as a guerrilla marketer. Um, What I would do is I'd go outside the start towns, I'd set up on the side of the road and put out signs about asking people if their rear ends were hurting, and then I'd hand out samples up there. And then I don't remember how long later, but then we started uh, attending the expo officially. Um, Mm -hmm. But we've been doing stuff um, with RAGRAI, I guess, about 19 or 20 years now.
1: Wow. So 25 years, uh, and you've been coming up, up north i guess to iowa for about about 20 of those and um you know we we do this podcast to basically highlight the fun side of cycling and Kind of like that sign said you know if you're if your butt sore you 're not having a real good time so so thank you for contributing to the fun side of cycling because you 've you 've had that pain before when you 're you know walking funny or you don 't want to sit down after a you know a, a long bike ride or even a short bike ride, and you know that 's an area that can be a little bit tender, and we we see people all the time that that happen to get in our sag wagons that Probably should have been using some of your your chamois butter way before they got into the sag wagon. So uh, how, how, how does this product work? I mean, as far as you know, the, the the proper application they're starting to use to make sure that you're not having to hop on a sag wagon or you know be really sore. I mean, is it go on during the ride? Is it pre ride? What's what's the best way to go about this?
2: Well, the best thing you can do is that we recommend it as a preventative using it. Uh, every time before you ride, a lot of people say, Well, I, I really am not uncomfortable the first day, and so I don't use it till later. But we tell people, uh, use it right away. And I can't tell you how many times um, bike shop owners will tell us uh, that uh, their riders will come in after about the third day of Ride Bry and say that their butt's so sore that they don't even want to get back on the bike. And so by then it's too late, but we work with every one of the official uh, Ragbri bike shops uh, have for many, many years, and they sell our products, and we do support for them. We hand out samples and encourage people to, to go to those shops uh, to get product, but uh, you don't want to wait until you're uncomfortable. Do it, do it before. Um, And uh, as a preventative, and and my attitude is why not be comfortable riding? Uh, Why wait until you're having problems to have uh, to use the product? Um, But it's the idea being that we want anybody that rides on a bike to be more comfortable so they can enjoy the scenery and not be thinking about their rear end.
1: Very cool. Especially a multi-day event like, like a rag bra. if you don't start using it day one, you know, it, and if it's too late, it's kind of like being dehydrated. You know, you need to be drinking fluids before you get to that point. And unfortunately, too many people find out the hard way. And if they've been at this thing for a while... Then uh, they realize, you know, I mean that is one of my my pre ride components right there. If I don't, if I don't get right with chamois butter before putting on my shorts, and and I'll, I'll tell you, I've actually seen people putting on on the outside of their shorts, which is I'm sure you've probably heard some pretty comical, um, you know, stories along your way. But um, you know, as people start to understand the products and the different uses, but um, of course we've seen probably everything over over those years. Any any. Any funny stories as far as the the product and and people's use of it? Uh, I've
2: heard so many different crazy stories, you can't believe it over the years. You know, it's just with what we do. We frequently get pictures from people who will be riding along, you know, as an example in Iowa, and they'll show us a picture where they're facing away from the camera and they have their um, uh, hands down their pants and uh, <laughs> saying, hey, I just wanted, I thought you should use this in the ad because it shows that I'm putting my chamois butter on. And then uh, I was at Rag Bri one year, and, and uh, you know, with the name chamois butter, uh, somebody asked me, they said, hey, well, if this is like butter, what's it taste like? And I thought, oh, I don't oh. have any idea, so I tasted it. It was awful. <laughs> um, won't hurt you. We we've, we've had crazy stories where a mom will have her kids – with her and one of the kids will open a, a packet and uh eat it and uh you know be worried Ugh. that they'll have a problem but uh we've had it checked with poison control and stuff like that. There's nothing harmful in it. Um and so but we've we've got those stories before or we, we hear about people who reach into their back pocket um for a, a goo packet and uh they open <laughs> that up and they think it's that. So I always tell people don't ever stick anything in your mouth uh without looking to see what it is. <laughs>
1: So. Well, how can you how can you mistake that bright purple package? And I'm I'm going to guess since you're from Kansas, um, that had to do with your your school. No, it probably didn't because I know you're a KU guy. No, I'm There's no way you would.
2: I'm more crimson and blue. Sorry to Iowa State, but um, it wasn't because of K State uh, the the color came from. I wanted something that would be really stand out on shelves, so I went to a pharmacy when we were first starting and looked at all the products and the things that stood out more than anything were purple and yellow. Um, And surprisingly, purple is about my least favorite color, but uh, people many times, they don't ask for chamois butter or or butt wax or anything like that. They just want the purple and yellow. So I think we've done a pretty good job branding it
0: yeah
1: you guys are doing some good good stuff up there so a, a typical day like let's get kurt involved here um it's a typical day at the chamois butter headquarters there kurt for for you guys talking to bike shops talking uh you know i i see you guys just about everywhere every type of event from from the you know the rag rides the sea otters other events throughout the country and different bike shows like inner so what's the typical day like for for you guys up there
3: well, we certainly are pervasive. I mean, I think we're in probably 90% of the bike shops in the U.S. and almost every U.S. distributor. And I think we're now into approaching 20 countries uh, internationally. So we, we are pretty much all over the place. Uh, we also, I mean, chamois butter is not the only thing we do. We uh, it, it is... By and large, the largest percentage of our business, but we do quite a bit of distribution of about oh eight to ten other brands. Uh, we carry some other products and distribute those into bike shops and and other retailers too so you know we um, we spend a lot of time of course uh, working the chamois butter side of things from the marketing of it to the supply chain, making sure that our customers and distributors are well supplied and and uh, social media and Talk to guys on podcasts in Iowa and things like that. So, but we also spend a lot of time, like you said, talking to shops and and trying to sell the other products because we do represent those other products and and they're very important to us. And so that's uh, you know it, the days are full. And I I always tell everybody around here it's today today's a bring your brain to work day. We always uh, we've always got to come in and figure something out for the day. So that's that's kind of how it flows for us. Good. Good.
1: Now, obviously, you've had the formula for a while. Does does that evolve i mean when you hear from people about hey you know this this is has a you know it might not do well with me because i've got a certain type of skin condition is there is there always that uh evolution of the product to make sure that you're um you know constantly keeping up with current trends or or things that are happening in the world
3: well i'll I'll make a couple of points and then probably steve will also jump in with a few things and you know, we started with the original formula 25 years ago and we've, we've brought in the Euro style, which has menthol and witch hazel into it because people like to have that, uh, that tingle sensation to it and, and also the, the menthol and the witch hazel, uh, have some antiseptic type properties to them. Uh, and then we brought in a her, which is pH balance for women and, and, uh, well, we basically maintain the same, Base formula, and and I'll kind of let Steve chime in on that. But uh, yeah, that is always a concern. We have very, very, very few people that call us up and have any kind of reaction to it. Uh, maybe once every mm-hmm. two to three years, someone does. But let me uh, get yeah. let, let's have Steve kind of jump in on some of that. He's he's more of the brains behind the butt on this, so to speak. So <laughs> I do a lot of the formulation work. We we work with a
2: co-packer that has really high end. Uh, cosmetic uh, manufacturing chemists. And so we get a lot of input on that. but we had the original for for many years, but then we had competitors who used menthol and witch hazel in there. So we, we took our original lubricating formula and then we matched that, which helped us on the competition and then we had people that liked that. And then over the years, we had some women um, who reported that they were really sensitive to a lot of products. Um, and we did a lot of research behind that and, and found out that uh, women's pH is uh, a little lower than men, men's, and so we made uh, the HER product specifically for women. Uh, guys can use it too, and it's not harmful to them, but it's uh, pH balanced uh, lower than the men's product. But one of the things we had feedback from our customers said, well, if, if you make a women's product, don't make it smaller and don't charge us, more money. And so we brought that product out. And even though it costs us a little bit more to produce it, um, it's exactly the same price as the men's product. And in fact, we've got um, some other competitors that have been bringing out some products that uh, make some uh, claims that are a little bit different than ours. And we're actually going to be bringing out uh, a new product in the summer of 2018 uh, to address some uh, consumer interests. So we're always we're always evolving. Um, we um, produce all of our products in a really uh, sophisticated uh, cosmetic uh, packaging company uh, to um, the highest standards, and we use really high end ingredients. and And that's always been something that we've worked on always quality first. And uh, I think people appreciate that and try not to cut corners. Um, But we've been able to keep our uh, costs under control because um, we do large quantities because we are in so many different places.
1: Great. So typical persons packing up, they're flying in from Seattle. Big Bad TSA takes away their their nice little tube that they've been using because it's just over that, that, that you know, ounce limit. So will they be able to find your product when they come to Rag Bri? I mean, are they basically at, at most of the bike shops, the little single packs or the full tubes? What can they expect when they come to a big event like Rag Bri?
2: If they can't find chamois butter at Rag Bri, they're really in trouble because every one of the shops uh, – carries our product, um, both the eight-ounce tubes and then the one-third-ounce packets. Uh, it's kind of a uh, something that you have to have for RAGBRAI, and the shops uh, know that. We'd probably four to six weeks before uh, RAGBRAI starts, uh, every one of the, the official RAGBRAI shops starts loading up on product. We've even had shops as far away as Illinois will call us with larger-than-usual orders because they said, Everybody from our area is getting, you know, geared up for Ragbrai, and they need chamois butter, and we've run out, and we need more. So we have that going on, and and uh, you and I have talked about we've got uh, a, an initiative that we're going to do at at Ragbrai this summer that we think is going to be kind of fun and kind of uh, bring a little more attention to us uh, since. We're officially on board this year as a friend of Ragbrai, and That's right. uh, I think everybody's going to see it. And when they see it, I hope that they uh, uh, get as uh, big of a laugh out of it as we do. But I, uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting to see when you guys announce it, or if you're just going to wait and uh, let people find it when they get there. But um, it, it, it's chamois uh, butter kind of a mainstay on on Ragbrai. And uh, where they put it on is a mainstay at RAGBRAI. So we're just kind of linking those two. And so I'm looking forward to see what people have to say about that.
1: Okay. Yeah, we'll certainly have to kick that around and come up with some some neat ways to promote the product. I know uh, I I don't go out for a ride personally. I mean, I I can give you a full endorsement because without without chamois butter, I would not be in as good a smiling mood every time on my bike. So, um, and I'm I'm gonna guess and just from some of those words that you just said that maybe this little event Ragbri's might have a little effect on your company uh, as far as moving some of the product and getting it into some some cyclists hands and onto their onto their posters
2: yeah absolutely you know the one thing great about ragbri and you know us being a Midwest company here in Kansas City um, we you know we started out it was easy for us to go up there and, and share the product with people but ragbri you know there's people that come from all over the country probably every state and internationally and so when we've Um, shown the product there it goes back with them to other places so it was it was one of the first places that we we um, put the product out there and then it was a a great way for us to get it recognized all over the country people would come and use the product and they take it home and tell their friends about it so ragbri's been a really big part of of uh what we've done and i've ridden ragbri a couple times i have lots of friends have made a lot of friends um i've got a group of new york uh uh, firemen that I've gotten to know through rag and, and, uh, one of them married, uh, an Iowa girl. And I bet you that's happened more than once. And, uh, so <laughs> you, uh, I think I know who you're talking yeah, about, um, to be honest with you. So like yeah. and, and uh, Donna and they, they've been, mm-hmm. uh, at rag many, many years. And, and, uh, so, you know, it's, it's been a great experience for us. We made a lot of, uh, a lot of good friends at, at, uh, rag And I, I, uh, really appreciate the friendship that we've made with you and, and Mark and Kathy um, from over at the Iowa uh, Bike Coalition. And so, you know, it, you know it's uh, good to know good Midwestern people.
1: Yeah. Well, it's good to run into you guys, too. And, you know, even if we're not walking the floor if we can slip away, maybe get a beer or something like that. It's always fun to catch up with you guys, and um, it it wouldn't be any of those bike shows if we didn't see you and Kurt out there and and see that bright purple patch and and know that we're getting close to the to the chamois butter display. So uh, I know you do some other events too. There's a, a big event that's right in your backyard. I'm I'm guessing they probably use plenty of your product as well. Uh, there's a little dirty event that's that you've been and kind of involved with for for a number of years as well you guys involved in that event still steve
2: yeah we're still involved with 30 cons of um jim cummins who's who uh um is the promoter for that event came to us i don't know it's been 10 or 12 years ago when he kind of started it back up um and he it's really kind of funny because he said you know i I really want somebody to support this because i think it could you know grow a little bit and my goal is to get it so we have a hundred people come to this event. Well, the last two or three <laughs> years, that event's closed at about 2,500 participants. And uh, wow. uh, DK 200 in Emporia, Kansas is, uh, is a really fun event. Uh, Jim and his staff take really good care of the, the people that go and do that event. Um, I did uh, 50 for the first time in a long time last year. And uh, Kurt does the, the 200 almost every year and has won his age group a number of different times. And if, if he's not in first, then he's, uh, usually second. And he's planning on doing the 200 again this year. And, uh, myself and my son are going to do the hundred this year. So we, we get really involved. My, my wife will be down there supporting us and my daughter who's helping us with marketing will be there, uh, running an expo. So it's uh, no a family great. affair.
1: Well, great. Well, it's not just that you're in the business, but you uh, are actively involved in the business as well. And it's good to hear that you incurred out there and as well as your family just getting involved and just really enjoying because there's, you know, even if you're not participating, just going out and just talking to people. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful community, the cycling community. And it's not just the road racers or anything like that as you prove um, you know, doing an off-road event or a gravel or, or whatever. I mean, you still are, you know, when you've got your your butt in the saddle, those are those co- little comfort tools that you should be thinking about before it's too late. So, uh, okay, last question I'm going to ask both both to you and Kurt, and we ask this to all our guests. Ragbra is really known for their pie. And so if you had just one piece of pie left on on this earth, Steve, what's your go-to pie? Well,
2: I'd have to go with apple pie, and the only thing I would say is if if somebody would ever bake a pork chop pie, I think that would be the perfect pie mm. flavor for rag bride, is pork chop pie, but I'll pork chop uh, pie. see what mm. Kurt has to say.
3: Well, I had listened to some of your podcasts, so I knew this pie question was coming, and it was a, it's a simple one for me, but uh, it's hard for me to beat a cherry pie, just a uh, good old cherry pie is there the best go. thing, the way mom used to make it, so...
1: There you go. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, when you guys come up this summer, we'll probably have some kind of pie. I don't know if we're going to have pork chop pie, but I'm sure cherry, apple are plentiful. Those are not too exotic, so there's plenty of pie out there. But you know what? When you actually sit down on the ground and try to eat your pie, either cherry or blueberry or whatever, you'll feel a lot better, trust me, if you've been using chamois butter the entire week. And uh, is, that, is that a promise? They'll feel a lot better when they sit down, uh, f- you, you being on that saddle for 60, 70 miles a day? You
3: are exactly right. You, you know, butter early, butter often, you know, put it on the first, first day and use it every day.
1: Well, great. Okay. Well, you're going to see lots of chamois Butter, and they came on board as an official sponsor of Ragbri. We really appreciate it, guys. We've we've loved hanging out with you for for many many years, and look forward to the future being involved Ragbri and Shammy Butter. Thanks for coming on.
3: Thank you, TJ. Thanks, TJ. Hello,
4: and welcome to Parent Talk. Long time no squawk. Um, I got a little catching up to do, a little business today before I get into my parrot talking. Uh, First of all, who is super jealous that TJ got to go to Graceland? A me. I'm a huge Elvis fan. He's the king, baby. Um, And you know what? I really do think that he's not dead. I think he's just retired down in um, Roswell, New Mexico or something like that, hanging out with all the aliens and stuff, eating fried peanut butter banana sandwiches. Um, which do sound kind of good. Like, wouldn't that be a great bike food, actually? You know, fruit, carbs, fried, banana, why well, I said bananas, um, peanut butter, protein. So, you know, think about it, as Murph would say. The other thing I should probably chat about is uh, basketball. It's March Madness, baby. Um, my team, the Butler Bulldogs, got knocked out already. So, you know, immediate heartbreak. But um, I did pick Villanova to go all the way, so there's still a little bit hope in this world. Um, we'll find out. So, you know, apologies to you if your bracket is just as busted as mine. Um, but, you know, I love I love watching basketball. I'm psyched to see how this turns out. It's been such a crazy season. Um, so, okay. So what I'm really here to talk to you today about is registration for this bike ride called Ragbri that I... Think and work about quite a bit. Um, basically, if you want to be a week long rider on Ragbri, the deadline to, for you to apply online is April one, and that is right around the corner, my friends. Now that the first day of spring has passed, um, I saw a couple of robins on the way to work the other day. Um, it's time to get really serious about finalizing your Ragbri registrations if you haven't already. And I saw Kathy Murphy's name on that list, so if she's ready. Then you better get your rear in gear. Um, If you want to just do a couple days and get day passes, the online registration date for that is June 1, June the 1st. Um, If you, you know, so they're on kind of a different system. The week long passes are on a lottery system and the day passes are first come first serve because if you're like me, you're going to want to come a whole week, you know. Um, Could you game the system and do day passes for a whole week? Yes, but you're going to, it's going to be costing you more and you don't get all the perks as you would for a week-long pass. Um, so anyway, RAGBRAI, if you didn't know, is on a lottery system for the week-long passes. Um, that means that you put your name in, you register, you pay, you finalize everything, and then um, you finalize it on April 1, and then on May first, after we get all of the numbers crunched and everything, we run a lottery. Um, and we will pick 10,000 names who will get to come along on our bike ride. So... Um, so yes, it is a little lottery, um, but I will tell you this, the odds are better than po- Powerball. You um, you you know you won't win Mega Millions, you won't get your jackpot, blah, 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 unless you, like me, consider the jackpot to be riding on ragbri. So keep an eye on your email. If you have changed email addresses recently, you might want to double check that the one in our system is accurate because that's how you're going to find out if you were selected is we will send you an email with your wristband number. So, you got to finalize and close your registration and your groups by April 1. Um, if you have already signed up and you decided that you, for some reason, tragically cannot come on Ragbri this year, the refund deadline is April 1. If you're not selected in the lottery, we'll do refunds for those later, but I'm talking about cancellation refunds. For those, you're going to need to get a hold of me, Andrea at RAGBRI.com, and I will get you your refund. Um. There's a little process to that and cancellation fee for um, backing out at the last minute. But anyway, so just let me know um, if you need a refund. That's April 1st. So it's kind of convenient. The registration deadline is April 1st and the refund deadline is April 1st. So it all kind of ties up together and we get to start mailing out wristband packets um, after May 1st. Once the lottery has been run. Um, If you have any questions... You can get a hold of us, info at ragbry.com or you can call us. And all that information is listed on our website under contact us. Um it's probably easier if you just go look it up instead of me telling you and you having to write it down. Um but anyway, feel free to contact us um if you can activate your account. If you're trying to pay and our system thinks you're a minor, um you want to talk about what kind of bird is your favorite kind of bird, you go ahead and get a hold of us and we will help you out. Um sometimes it does take a couple of days. So try not to wait until April 1st, unless it's absolutely urgent. Um, we do get back to every single person. I've been listening to so many voicemail and answering so many voicemail, um, but it just takes a little time because there are a lot of them. And even a chatterbox like me, it takes a little while to get back to everyone, but we try to have a hundred percent response rate. The only time we don't get back to people is if they leave us a voicemail and I can't understand, um, your name. I can even look up your phone number from your registration. If I can, if you spell out your last name and I can look you up, but, um, you know, just trying to try to make it easy for this old bird brain to understand. Um, so that's basically all I have to say about registration. I mean, there's a lot of technicalities to it, but it's very, it should be very easy to register for rag Um, Make sure you're registering using a laptop or a desktop computer. It can be difficult, if not impossible, to register on a phone or a tablet. Um, some people have done it. I would not recommend it. It just makes our website look kind of weird if you're on that. Um, so, yeah, registration. Um, I'm going to try to do for the next one of the next couple episodes, I'm going to try to do a rundown of funny team names, um, clean funny team names, um, goodness knows there are a lot of um non-PG related team names that are pretty hilarious, but I'm not gonna cover on this podcast. So send me your suggestions of funny team names or interesting team names or cool team names. Um you can send those to Just Go Bike at Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or you can email us at just go bike podcast at gmail and I will get a hold of you. Um, Thank you for everyone who sent in their podcast suggestions. Um, I know I have a little backlog of those in our inbox right now. Um, but we just have so many, uh, so much registration stuff going on. I will get to you and I will be talking about your topic ASAP. Um, but until then, um, keep your questions and comments coming in. Let me know your favorite team names. Um, let me know your favorite kind of pie. Um, I'm really into cherry pie right now because I've been watching Twin Peaks and they have been eating boatloads of cherry pie and I love it um, so alright squawk at you later bye
1: Okay, we've come to the end of another edition of the Just Go Bike Podcast. This is episode 60. Can you believe that? 60 of them. And I know we couldn't do this podcast without some some great support of our sponsors. So, Mark, who are those people that are keeping this podcast rolling?
0: You know, the first one is Think Iowa City and its curious surrounding communities. They have been friends of this podcast since day one, and they really are a great place to bike. If you're looking for, well, Gee, Ragbri's coming to that town. Uh, Jingle Cross UCI World Cup's come to that town. And every day is a great day to bicycle in, in Iowa City. Think Iowa City. Curious surrounding communities. Go visit. Bikes to you. One of the best bike shop charters in Grinnell, Iowa. I know he's doing what? Bike rental on Ragbri? Oh, yeah. He's got, he's got those trailers that you can have as condos for the week of Ragbri. And a great bike shop. And Bike Charter. He's got all of it. So, full service, bikes to you in Grinnell. Finally, our friends, Primal Wear out of Denver, Colorado. If you're looking for custom bike jerseys, shorts, accessories, now is the time to get your order in. You want to have those kits just crisp, clean, ready to go on your big rides for the summer. So primal wear denver Colorado.
1: yeah they'll do you right i was had a meeting today with one of our sponsors i won't embarrass him or anything like that and tell you who it was but they had just ordered sweet kits full you know shorts bibs tops hats socks uh, muset bags you name it the whole nine yards from primal and they were just just beaming about how cool their their kits look so um they nice. they have some great artists over there and they're they'll, they'll set you up right so you can look good and it's it's better to look good than to feel good on rag right
0: <laughs> rule number one you look, look marvelous great. yeah
1: so <laughs> well very good well Mark, I don't know anything else going on in your world, but I'm I'm excited that it's springtime here. We're up for that 30 days of biking uh, throughout the month of April, and I'm sure we're probably going to talk about it each and every week about how our progress is going. Anything else you want to throw in there?
0: No, I'm ready to get the, get out there and just go bike.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to leave you with a little thought, as this is kind of the early riding season for most people. There are people that ride their bike you know, every day of the entire year. Yep, those are those are kind of few and far between, to be honest. So the the other majority of the people don't take that bike down until oh, probably about springtime. But you know what? Here's a little quote I saw that, that kind of applies to workouts as well as, as cycling. You don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. And we're not asking you to be a great cyclist or anything like that, but, you know, taking that first pedal, that first stroke of the, of the bike down in that direction, that's, that's what leads to more and more miles. So, hey, let's just get out there and bike.
0: Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer.